Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Great start to the week. We've got Julian. We've got Chantel. They're producing the program this evening. We'll take it right up until 9 o'clock. Then it'll be the dynamic duo of Gordon and Larry, who will carry the rest of the night. Big one over at MetLife Stadium this evening with the Giants taking on the Seattle Seahawks. A little Monday night football action. Giants trying to even up their record at two up and two down. It's a big one. Make no mistake about it. They've got to find a way to get this one tonight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I mean, it is extremely, extremely critical for the balance of their season. And I was saying this earlier, too. Doesn't it seem like every primetime game this year so far has been played at MetLife Stadium? Like, really. I mean, we had the doubleheader in week one. We got the doubleheader here in week number four. Now, it will be nice if the home teams can actually win some of these games. Of course, the Jets went over Buffalo the only time one of these uh, teams has won the primetime affairs here so far in the 2023 season and this one's a big one for the Giants so we'll get into that a little bit later on in the program but we got to start of course with the primetime game that happened last night at MetLife Stadium and if you're a Jet fan I would say you know a little less than 24 hours after the fact it still stings a little bit right this one hurts now I don't know about you but if I had a rooting interest in a game And I was a Jet fan watching that whole episode transpire last night, which we all were, of course. And the way things started at 17-0 when Kansas City roared right out of the gates there in the first quarter. I, for one, probably, and this is just me, right? Personal preferences aside. I would always rather have just been on the receiving end of a blowout. It'd be a lot easier to take, a lot easier to digest, right? 17-0 in the first quarter. If you would have told me, you know what, this is going to be 45-3 to Kansas City, I'd be like, all right, well, you know, at least it was over early. No pain. The patient wasn't suffering, right? But instead, what happened last night? Jets scrapped and fought and clawed their way back into that football game last night. Got the game tied up into the fourth quarter with the football midway through the fourth at midfield down a field goal thinking momentum is on your side they're going to find a way to steal this football game and then the unpredictable happens you have the turnover the fumble and then with seven and a half minutes to go in the game you're saying to yourself all right I mean the Jets will get another opportunity what they got to do here is the defense has to play like it's played pretty much since the end of that first quarter They got to either force a punt or at the very least, don't give up anything more than a field goal. Because even if you're down by six, you had enough confidence that this offense would actually take the ball down the field. And what a stark departure from what we were sitting here saying about the offense just a week ago on overreaction Monday. When you didn't even have confidence that this offense was going to be able to go out there and get 10 yards and move the chains. And I'll tell you, you had Patrick Mahomes in that building last night. You had Aaron Rodgers in that building last night. And yet Zach Wilson, number two, the guy who everybody wanted to run out of town and 
put out to pasture, basically, for the way that he has played and underperformed and not lived up to the hype of being the number two overall pick in the draft. He's the guy that goes out there last night and was the best quarterback in the damn stadium. Who saw that one coming? Just one of the things that you cannot, under no circumstances, predict if you're a fan of sports and you're a fan of the NFL. But if you're a Jet fan, at least you have a glimmer now. At least you have something that you can latch onto with 13 more games to go this season. And it's funny, isn't it? Because we sit here and we try to break all this stuff down and trying to figure out why doesn't it work with this kid, right? What is it going to take? Is it the coaching? Is he not ready to play yet? Is it the talent around him? Is it the offensive line? Is it the confidence? Is it the new coordinator? Is it the offense? What is it? Why doesn't it work? Why so tentative out there the way that you play, right? Why don't you just go out there and let her rip? Well, last night we got the answers to all those questions, didn't we? Notice how Zach ditched the headband last night. Didn't wear that headband at all on the field. I got home from the game because, again, when you're at the game, you're in the press box, you're not seeing these things or whatnot. You know, we don't get the luxury of all the angles that people do, for example, when they're sitting there watching it on TV at home. I didn't even realize until after the game that he wasn't wearing the headband. I said, that's it. All this time, lose the headband, burn every single one that he has, and then you're going to see a guy who looks like the number two overall pick in the draft. It's as simple as that. Who knew? kidding of course but it'd be foolish to go back to the headband after he played last night I mean you're looking for every angle every edge that you possibly can now I understand that you had the game part of it and it was disappointing but then you have what happened on that final drive of the Kansas City Chiefs where there were a couple of calls that went against the Jets one that was made and one that wasn't made that should have been made and I'm talking about the Jermaine Johnson one where Juwan Taylor was basically locked onto him to no end. And you're waiting. Why aren't they going to throw the flag? I mean, Patrick Mahomes had about seven, eight seconds to sit back there and scan the field, throw the ball, have a sandwich, take a nap. And yet you see the guy out on an island getting held, tugged. He's basically campaigning to the referees. I can't move. The guy's got me. I'm screaming it from upstairs. They don't throw a flag. Mahomes scrambles 20-something yards for the first down. And, oh, by the way, they get illegal contact on another jet down the field. So two calls go against them basically on the same play. And then you have the Sauce Gardner one a little bit later on that negated another interception by Patrick Mahomes. And poor Michael Carter II, how many of these INTs is he going to have at home that gets nullified by a penalty flag? Remember, last year he had the one against the Patriots, which would have been a pick six if not for the roughing the passer on um, JFM. Here's the problem with that call. First of all, unless it is absolutely blatant and egregious, I'm a big proponent in let the players decide the game. Right? Let them decide what happens. And the shame of it is Mahomes has the defense bearing down on him. He throws it up for grabs. Into triple coverage, by the way. There were three guys around his receiver. And it ends up in the arms of Michael Carter II. Then and only then does the official throw the flag onto the field. Only after the ball is secured by number 30 and it looks like the Jets are going to take over possession. That is when the flag comes out. 
Well, if it was that blatant and it was that obvious, why didn't you throw the flag a lot sooner? Why didn't you throw the flag while the ball was still in the air before he even knew whether it was going to be intercepted, caught, or land incomplete? That's the shame of it. And to me, it was a little ticky-tacky. It was. And I guess that Sauce Gardner, his service time in the National Football League does not warrant him the beneficiary of these type of calls because, look, this is Kansas City. This is Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about the defending Super Bowl champs. I get it. You know, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt on a lot of these whistles. Greg was saying in the postgame show last night, Pittsburgh Steelers happened with them all throughout the 70s because they were the team. Think about, you know, those Patriots teams for the last 20 years. When did something ever not go their way, especially up at home? Right? Always found a way to. Great players, great teams get the benefit of the doubt. And it didn't go the Jets' way last night. Didn't go the Jets' way. But I think if you want to take a step back and you want to evaluate everything, and I'm sure that Robert Sala and the coaching staff is doing that with his guys today. Yeah, they're disappointed, but you can't point the finger and blame the refs and say that's why we lost. You can't. They had other opportunities to win that football game, right? But it didn't happen. You know, what if Tyler Conklin secures that touchdown pass in the end zone? Tough play. Ball could have been placed a little bit better, but didn't quite come up with it. You know, you had the Greg Zerline missed field goal at the end of the first half. Greg Zerline is super reliable, and he's been an outstanding kicker for this team for the last couple of years. Clanked it off the upright. And it turns out they lose by three points. Now, not to say the game would have played out exactly the same way, but those are the little things that you add up. You know, C.J. Mosley dropped an interception also earlier in the game. There were other plays to be made in that contest to where one bad call should not be what does you win. But unfortunately, in this case, that's what happened. But I look at it, though, from the glass half full side of things, right? Take the way the quarterback performed last night as the main storyline from that game. Even more than the loss. Would you like to have it? Absolutely. And it would have been 10 times sweeter. Taylor Swift in the building, all that obnoxious NBC coverage, and all the people that were tuning into that game just because they wanted to see Taylor Swift up in the luxury box. And the Jets could have been the ones to walk off that field victorious and send everybody back to Kansas City with their tail between their legs. But that didn't happen. But the quarterback was the best quarterback on the field last night, best quarterback in that building. Who would have thought? If I would have told you before the game, like, you know, if we do like a little blind resume type of an exercise, one quarterback last night would be 28-39, 245 yards, two touchdown passes, and a quarterback rating of 105. And another guy would be 18-30, 203 yards, a touchdown, two INTs, and a rating of 63.6. Which guy would you think would be the one with the quarterback rating over 100? Right? Played the best game so far of his career in two-plus years. Unfortunately, he didn't get a victory to show for it. And then after the game, he stood up there and he took ownership of it. Maybe it was even a little bit harder on himself than he should have been. Saying that I, you know, the cameras on NBC caught him on the sidelines saying to some of his teammates, you know, I lost the game, I lost the game, that's on me. Hey, you know what? Maybe they're not in a position to even be that close to have one play decide the game if he didn't play as admirably as he did throughout that football game. And it ain't a moment too soon either for the Jets. Because I know the first quarter of the season doesn't start out the way you want it to, and there have been enough storylines and ups and downs and twists and turns over the first four weeks that maybe any team would like to experience. 
But the reality is you still got 13 more of these, right? And teams that we thought were good a week ago maybe aren't going to be as good as we thought they were, and vice versa. And you're going to see more and more of those teams start to reveal their true selves as we get further into the football season. That's what happens each and every year in this league. But you mean to tell me that if the Jets don't give that same type of performance moving forward with 13 more games to go in the season, you don't think that they're going to stockpile some victories along the way? Remember, this is supposed to be the difficult part of the schedule, right? They already played a Buffalo, and oh, by the way, beat a Buffalo, who now everybody is you know, waxing poetic as the team to beat once again in the AFC East after what they did to Miami yesterday. Jets beat that team with Zach Wilson. You went down to Dallas, you lost. Dallas is a good football team, despite what happened when they took a nap out in Arizona last week. The New England one stings. I'll be honest with you. After that game went final last night and we did our post-game show and I'm driving home and it's, you know, quarter to two in the morning on an empty highway late at night and you're just all alone with your thoughts, yeah, you know, you would have liked to pulled out that win, no doubt. But the thing that I kept coming back to, apart from even what transpired last night at MetLife Stadium, it just gnawed at me a little bit more that why couldn't they do this last week? against the Patriots, because the Patriots are not good, okay? They're not a good football team. That one win the Patriots have, which was unfortunately over the Jets last week, that might be that one win that's in their win column for a good number of weeks. That is not a good operation right now. And if the Jets would have played like they did last night against the Patriots a week ago, they would have blitzed the Pats right out of the building and probably won by 30. They would have did to the Pats what the Cowboys did to them yesterday. That's what eats away at you. But you know what? You still got 13 more to go. And there's still a lot that can be accomplished. They could go into Denver and beat the Broncos. Why? Because the Broncos came from behind and beat the crummy Bears. The Bears, by the way, are revealing themselves as the worst team in the NFL. Not the Cardinals. It's the Bears. So apologies to the Cardinals. The Bears are the absolute dumpster fire. But this is a Bronco team that gave up close to 100 points the last two games, and the Jets can't go in there and win a football game against them, get to two and three, and then come back home and take on a Philadelphia Eagles team that, yeah, I know Philadelphia is good, and I know they're 4-0, and they find ways to win, but Philadelphia hasn't been as dominant as they were a season ago. Three of the four wins have been by single digits. And last night, it took every last ounce of what they had to give to be able to fend off pesky Washington at home. And oh, by the way, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles in the history of the franchise. If I would say that a team is due for a win, I think that that certainly qualifies, right? So the goal at the beginning of the season was get to 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. And then the schedule eases up, and you have the rest of your season in front of you. That's still on the table. You can still do that. And now you go into next week, at least, with a little bit of hope that maybe something clicked now, right? Maybe something changed when it comes to the quarterback and the offense to now you're going to start to look like a professional outfit moving forward. And it wasn't just the performance of one player either. You talk about the scheme and what Nathaniel Hackett was dialing up. I love the personnel groupings that they were mixing in and out of that football game yesterday. You know, the fact that Xavier Gibson got to touch the football, he and his speed on a couple of those jet sweeps or whatnot, that's what you need to see more of. My guy Jeremy Ruckert going out, catching, going up and making stabs right on the sidelines. Tremendous. 
Guys more than just a blocker. Guys got a good set of hands as well. Those guys now factoring into the offense. Utilize all of your talent. And so while they continue to shift this offense away from Aaron Rodgers and now more towards suited to what Zach Wilson can do, maybe it's starting to all come together a little bit. But last night and all the positives you take away from last night, unfortunately, won't mean a darn thing if you go out to Denver and struggle again next week. Then you're back to square one. So last night was a good first step. Now let me see you do it again. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We got a lot to cram into this show tonight. We'll do plenty of Jets. We'll also have a lot to say about the Giants. And then we'll still be on the air when the game starts. So we'll keep you up to date probably at least the first quarter of their game. We'll go around the league and talk about all the things that transpired in the week four Sunday of the NFL. The baseball season, at least here in New York, is over with. Mets, we know we're going to have a new manager. I think it's the wrong decision, but I get it. We'll talk a little bit about what's next for now. David Stern's New York Mets baseball operations. And what about the Yankee offseason? And Aaron Boone's future? And what type of moves could be in store for them? Plus, you had media day for the New York Knickerbockers today as well. I mean, there is so much to pack into this program. Let's get this one started. Dan Gross's show. It's Overreaction Monday. We're coming right back. 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G-R-A-C-A. Real quick programming reminder because we just found this out earlier today because of the baseball playoffs now being official and the scheduling and everything. The next two nights, we're going to have abbreviated shows, unfortunately. So we go till 7.30 only tomorrow and Wednesday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, just one-hour shows till 7.30. Still TBD on Thursday because we have to see how long these first-round series are going to go. If some of them go the distance to the third game, they're going to have to maybe eat into our show time coming up on Thursday. But Friday, I believe, is a uh, a full show, uninterrupted. Football Friday, the whole nine yards there. So 
happy about that. So next two nights, though, only one-hour shows till 7.30. Now that we got that out of the way, again, the Giants getting underway here in a little over an hour tonight at MetLife Stadium against the Seattle Seahawks. First thing you're looking forward to with the Giants tonight, or you're hoping for, if you're a Giant fan, is you have to have a fast start. You have to. No other way around it. I mean, this team, the way they've come out of the locker room sleepwalking in the first three weeks of the season, it's really kind of beyond explanation. And I've talked about it a lot. 63-6, to they've been outscored in the first half so far in the first three games. No Barkley tonight. No Andrew Thomas. You do get Aziz Ojolari back on the defensive end, which should be a good thing. And look, it goes without saying how big this game is tonight when you're talking about the playoff picture potentially down the road. Right? You're not winning the division. Sorry to spoil things for Giant fans. And I know it's only the second day of October, but the Giants are not winning the NFC East because there's definitely two teams better than them in this division, and who the hell knows, maybe even a third without pesky Washington has been. Right? So your best hope to the playoffs right now is you got to get there wild card-wise. Seattle's not winning their division either because there's this team called the 49ers who rule the NFC West. So you need this game tonight. That is going to be a big feather in your cap if you're going to have a tie-breaking advantage potentially over a club like the Seattle Seahawks. And oh, by the way, you don't win, then you're 1-3, and and your next two games are at Miami and at Buffalo. And you could be staring 1-5 right in the face. That's why that Arizona game was so critical when we were leading into that one, because you knew you had San Francisco right after that, and that would have likely been an 0-3 start. They have to find a way to get this game tonight. And Seattle's defense, it's not great. It really and truly isn't. This is a great opportunity for this offense to get going again. Now, last year, remember, Seattle had all the answers for the Giants when they went to Seattle and played that game, at least offensively. They were able to shut them down a little bit. But this is not San Francisco's defense they're playing tonight. This is not the Dallas Cowboys defense that they're going to be squaring off against. Not even close. You can attack this defense. Okay, Andy Dalton threw for over 350 yards against this defense last week. All right, Jamal Adams will be back there in the secondary. He hasn't played a football game in a good long while, the former Jets, so he's probably going to expect some sort of video tribute or a moment of silence since he's coming back to MetLife Stadium knowing him. But nevertheless, you know what? Take advantage of the rust if it's going to be there if you're the Giants. Test him. Throw in his direction. Do whatever you have to do. Get Jalen Hyatt in there. Give him some looks again down the field. It was amazing. Once they gave him some play against Arizona, you saw how that game shifted, especially in the second half when they were targeting him down the field. And then in San Francisco, it's like he was in the witness protection program. You never saw the guy. So for the life of me, I don't understand all that stuff. Giant defense is going to be tested too, at least in that secondary, which I still have my reservations about. But DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, guys like that, Those are some big-time wide receivers, and Geno Smith, you know, is not afraid to air the football out. I got a funny feeling I think the Giants win tonight. You know, I I think they'll find a way to eke out a close one, maybe 24-20, something like that, right? Maybe even along the lines of like what we saw last night with the Jets and the Chiefs. But then that also means the Giants are actually going to hold Seattle to 20 points. (laughs) Which, you know, giant defense right now, again, still leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. But we'll see what happens, and that gets underway in about an hour, so we'll be all over that one. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's go back to the phones here. A lot of people still want to chime in, talk a little New York Jets. Let's say hi to John in New Jersey. 
up next here on 987 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dan? Good, John. What's going on? Yeah, so I, I got a million things to say about the Jets so far this season, but just the one thing that I want to get out there is the work that Hackett's been doing and, and that this is basically the Hackett game coming up. You know, Ira was trying to say earlier, I think what I'm trying to say, that this whole offseason was about Aaron Rodgers being the quarterback, and when he goes down, the team still believes that this is a Super Bowl year and we beat those bills, but Hackett makes the logical conclusion to switch to a ground-and-pound offense. You know, we can't let Zach Wilson lose the game for us. And, you know, credit to the play calling that he had. You know, he, he really let Zach Wilson go out there and throw the ball. They definitely found something at the end of that Patriots game. And, uh, like I said, I got a lot more to say, but not in this one call. Yeah, John, I appreciate the phone call. Look, it's, it's a two-way street. And you'd love to have that perfect balance. You know, Bill Walsh always used to say, the late, great Bill Walsh, the Hall of Famer, to him, you know, the offensive guru, Bill Walsh, a perfect game for him, for an offense. 150 yards on the ground, 250 yards through the air. If you can accomplish that, you know what? Job well done for you. And last night, Jets threw the ball. Wilson dropped back to pass 39 times last night. Or excuse me. 39 pass attempts, they ran it 16 times. Think about that. You know, that's more than double the throws than you had runs. Whereas on the flip side, Kansas City ran the ball more than they, than they threw it with Mahomes. And you got Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league because Kansas City was having a, a you know, chunks of yardage at a time running the football because the Jets couldn't shut that down, which is another story for another time, unfortunately. But, yeah, it speaks to the confidence and the faith that they have in the kid and the fact that they found some opportunities in that zone to pick it apart a little bit through the air, and the quarterback took advantage of it. And that's what you'd like to see. Now, next week's game plan could be entirely different, although Justin Fields yesterday, who in a lot of ways there's some similarities between the struggles that Justin Fields is going through this year and let's say Zach, not because they're from the same quarterback class in 2021, but Justin Fields with the coaching staff over there in Chicago, what they're asking him to do is they almost want to have him play with one hand tied behind his back. And what I mean by that is they don't want him to utilize his legs as much. They don't want him just churning out yards on the ground. They want to develop Justin Fields into a pocket passer. And because of that, and Justin Fields, this is when he went on record, you know, and, and the comments kind of blew up a couple of weeks ago when he referenced the coaching staff. He's thinking too much back there instead of just letting his natural instincts take over to where, okay, if I don't like what I'm seeing, boom, I'm taking off. Right? I'm taking off. Like you saw what happened last night on a couple of those sequences, not just for Wilson, but also Patrick Mahomes did the same exact thing. Right? The two-point play where the pocket collapsed. Zach was like, shoot, I'm getting out of here. And he used his legs and was able to dart into the end zone there to get the two-point conversion. But Justin Fields, who, you know, now they want as a pocket passer, he torched that Bronco defense yesterday. Torched them. So I would expect the Jets to have a lot of success in this game on Sunday. And as long as you could keep all the outside stuff and all these other storylines with Peyton and Hackett and all these other things... They should be able to go out there and win a football game. They're a better team than the Denver Broncos. They really and truly are. Let's say hi to Nick in the car up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Nick, how you doing? 
What's up, Dan? Thanks for taking my call, man. What's up? How uh, are you? I'm good, man. Just driving home from work. But uh, I had a, a weird kind of day, Dan. And you can tell me if, if, I, if it sounds weird to you at the end of it. But I'm watching the game last night. Diehard Jets fan. I'm used to the roller coaster, the ups and downs. And I'm watching the first two two series on offense, and I'm like, oh, it looks a little bit better, but the offensive line is still shaky. I'm actually putting more blame on the defense because they came out sleepwalking also. No one wants to talk about that. Then all of a sudden, he starts throwing dimes. That Rucker pass was amazing on the sideline, and yeah, he missed Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he missed Conklin, but he started waking up, and I think I was scared to go through the misery again of how horrible we look and how horrible we, we just don't have a hope and a chance to start getting things together. And the fact that he played well, the fact that we fought so hard, makes me feel good, and I can appreciate that. Yeah, a win would have been great, but I feel like I just feel some relief from, like, the misery I've been feeling. And Am I crazy for that, or should I already be thinking about next week? Nick, obviously you wanted to win the game, but again, the quarterback played well. You came up three points short to the defending Super Bowl champions, right, and the best player in the league who made a couple of plays when he had to. Mahomes wasn't great last night. He made a lot of mistakes. That might have been as bad a game as Patrick Mahomes has ever played. Even in that Super Bowl game he lost, he was running for his life the whole night. His line gave him no help whatsoever. Last night, though, those were self-inflicted mistakes. Some of those passes that he put up for grabs, those almost look like bad Zach Wilson throws in the first two years of his career. And that's Mahomes. So three points short against that team, there's no moral victories, but it gives you confidence now going into games against a team like Denver that you should beat these teams. Listen, I got the confidence, but if not confidence, at least I get a little relief for a few days, and I feel good about that. Thanks for taking my call, Dan. I appreciate you, man. Nick, appreciate you. Yeah, and it was just like you think about how fast things can turn, not just in sports, but life in general. Like you remember what this show was like a week ago. Right, Zach Wilson's name was brought up a lot on the show, but it wasn't generally flattering commentary from the callers and the host, right? Just telling it like it is. And then last, like if you were in a coma, if you went into a coma for a week, or if you went into a darkness retreat and had no connection to the outside world, and you witnessed what we saw last week, and then you woke up this morning, or you, you reconnected to the world again last night and you watched that game and you put on the internet and you looked at social media and everything and you got guys like LeBron James. LeBron James going on social media and lifting up Zach Wilson and praising Zach Wilson for how he played and keep your head up, kid, and, you know, I'm paraphrasing. It's like this is all in the span of a week. It's incredible. Let's say hi to Tony in Connecticut up next, 98.7 ESPN. Tony, how are you? Dan, good. How are you doing today? Tone, what's going on, man? Well, listen, I, I don't know if you remember last week I was one of the lone wolves that said, let's be patient with Zach Wilson. Let's open up the offense a little bit. And, and Hackett's got to let him go and be confident and trust him. And that's exactly what they did last night. A lot of play action passes on first down. So the offensive line had – you know, an advantage there. They held up, and you give this kid some time in the pocket, and you say, stop being afraid of throwing interceptions. This is the NFL. There's not going to be wide-open windows. you got to throw people open. And I thought he played brilliantly last night. I mean, you know, he had that one mistake. But let's face it, that game was robbed from us. That officiating was horrible, horrible. 
I, I know we've exhausted that last night with all the fans calling in, but I, I can't believe how bad the officiating was. I mean, uh, Jermaine Johnson was getting mugged for like five seconds, and the officials don't call a holding penalty. The holding penalty on Sauce was ridiculous. So I, I'm just proud of the way Zach Wilson played. I feel good about the Jets fan. Now, it's one game. You're right. Let's see if he can string two, three good games together. But I think if they maintain this philosophy of giving him a, you know, free reign, uh, I think we're going to see some good things out of him. And, of course, we've got to protect him. Uh, the last comment I want to make is um, looks like Joe Namath walked back his comments a little bit on the Michael K. show today. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he did that because Joe, you know, Joe, I'm, I'm, he was one of my childhood idols. I met him a couple of times down in Florida, met him at MetLife Stadium. He's such a gentleman with the fans. He's, he's a, a, you know, just a really per- great person to be around. So I was a little disappointed in how he bashed Zach. So I was happy to see that. He walked back those comments a little bit. He, Tone, here's the thing, and I thank you for the call as always. And, and I think that Joe even alluded to it today. He's a Jets fan, right? Now, maybe was he a little bit too demonstrative in the way that he phrased and articulated things a week ago? Perhaps, right? Because, you know, some people took it as essentially he basically set fire to the whole building and wanted everybody out of there, uh, from the players to the coaches to the administration, everything. But it's funny because if you, if you watch the interviews, I don't know if you heard Joe or if you watched the interview on Yes, because he was zooming in from his house. Both times, when he was on last week and when he was on today, he was wearing Jets gear. You know, he had the quarter zip on last week. He had the, the green polo on today. Jets. So he is a fan, tried and true. And like I said, maybe he'd like to have it back the way that he phrased everything because the emotions got the better of him. And guys, look... I was just talking about it five minutes ago. Think about how the tenor of the conversation was during this show last Monday. Right? Fans, you guys were as fed up as Namath was. Right? Having to sit there and watch that ugly game against the New England Patriots, that'll take a toll on you how bad that went. Right? Anybody affiliated with the Jets watching that game essentially felt the same way that Joe was expressing his emotions. But today, went on there, gave credit where credit was due. You watched that game last night, you said, hey, that quarterback played pretty well. And hoping, just like all fans, that he's going to continue to play like this moving forward because that's what gives this team the best chance to win. Guys, are not going out and trading for a starting quarterback. We could put that stuff to bed. Not just based on how he played yesterday, but it's consistent with the things that, that Robert Sala and everybody had been talking about. They're committed to Zach. Zach is the guy. And that's what's going to give him the best chance to win. I'll tell you right now, there's a couple of teams outside, the, uh, you know, outside our area, of course, around the NFL that if they are looking to make the trade and if the Vikings do want to part ways with Kirk Cousins, for example, even though they won yesterday finally and they're 1-3, and three, two teams that jump out at me, number one, the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially if this Kenny Pickett injury is going to be anything that's sort of lengthy. I know that they have Trubisky, but Pittsburgh's got talent on that team. You put a veteran quarterback there, that can spur them on to better things. And believe it or not, now with a couple of injuries they have on the defensive end, I don't know necessarily about that, where they're headed, but... I'll tell you what, Patriots swing a deal and get Kirk Cousins up there. With the head coach, you might be able to steal a wild card spot this year, but the way things are going, unlikely. 800-919-3776. More of your football calls. We'll get into the baseball as well as we move forward. We're going until 9 o'clock tonight. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Here was Robert Sala today meeting with the media asked about the Chiefs 
offensive line maybe getting away with a little bit of a hold on occasion? There was several times where Jermaine Johnson looked like he was very much being held by the offense despite there not being any penalty. Do you have any thought on that, or did you see anything? I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I'm going to stay quiet. That was him from after the game last night. You could tell the emotion was right. And it's, I, I had never seen him that fired up after a game last night. Like when he got to the podium, and we're in the coaches club, so the visual that we have, we have our little stage set up, and behind us, like right above on the wall, there's kind of like a, a projector screen like you see at the movies. Not, not as big as the one you see the, at the movies, but it's, you know. So I have to like turn around from my perch and like look up at the wall, but you could see it as soon as he got to the podium. I mean, he, he was still fired up. And you saw after Mahomes had that final scramble last night for the last nail in the coffin, you saw Salah just completely, like, go off on those officials. Like, he stormed down all the way to the end zone because he wanted his pound of flesh, knowing that, yeah, they're going to throw a flag on me, but it doesn't matter because we're out of timeouts, Kansas City's going to take a knee, and the game is over. So once he knew that the Jets had no chance to win that game, he's like, I'm going to get mine there. So it happens. Um, and he was asked about the quarterback. Is Zach Wilson continuing to grow? He is. I mean, he's coming along. I mean, he's playing quarterback in this league is hard with everything that comes with it. You know, I thought he gave a, I thought he gave his guys a chance to play. Threw some balls up that were 50-50 balls, and his teammates made made plays for him, and he made plays for his teammates, and the O line protected. And like I said, I would have loved to have seen uh, after Michael got that interception on that last drive. If I would have loved to see if he would have been able to take us down the score touchdown, I, I feel like he would have. Hey, the big what if, right? You just don't know, unfortunately. Momentum was on their side, yeah, but it didn't happen. And it's funny, too, because, like, off the top of my head, with Zach, so far in his career, I think the two best games he's played have been against two great quarterbacks. That game is rookie year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was, like, the second-to-last day of the season or second-to-last week of the season. It was... New Year's Day or the day after New Year's? It was like January 1st or January 2nd, I remember. But it was the Antonio Brown game when Antonio Brown like took his, shirt, his jersey off and like ran off the field shirtless, like it, that game. He went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady that day, and then Brady got him at the end because he led him down the field in the final minute or whatever and picked on an injury-depleted Jets secondary that day. So Zach played really well against Brady that game. And then last night he played really, really well against Mahomes. So I don't know if Russell Wilson falls into that category of, uh, you know, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, if you want to throw that into the mix. But maybe Zach will be spurred on to take on Russell Wilson next week uh, when they go out there to the Rocky Mountains. Let's say hi to Griffin in Connecticut. He's up next here on 98.7. Griff, how are you? Good. How are you, Dan? Griff, I could complain, but you know what? I don't really think anybody wants to hear it, so I'm going to keep that to myself. A couple things. Um, yes. Before I get to the Jets point, um, does the Chargers coach um, realize that he can punt? Well, analytically, he thinks that it's more advantageous when you have a fourth down at your own 20-yard line to go for it. I, I don't get him. I really don't get him. Well, how about this? How, here, here's all you need to know about the Chargers. Okay, yesterday... They were essentially gifted a win in this league because you were going up against a Raider team that was dealing yeah. with some injuries, including Garoppolo, and you had and a rookie quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell, who was starting the game in his NFL debut. 
actually got it to within seven, marched him down inside the red zone, and then he made a rookie mistake, and he got picked off inside the five by Asante Samuel Jr. They came that close to losing to the Raiders at home yesterday. They, but, but they, they, it, what's getting right, they could be a 1-5 right now. They almost lost him in a show to two. Right, exactly. Now he's Look, Griff, he we've talked about this two. a lot. And, and I'm not going to ever sit here and say that this guy should be fired or whatever, but how the Chargers did not move on from him after blowing a 27-point lead in the playoffs oh, yeah. last I've, year, I've, I, I come on. I've called I don't know what you're doing. for a while. Yeah, yeah. What else is on your mind? Um, I, I think the way uh, – I don't know if it was the safety or something, but I was, I was at a point where, okay, this game's over. I'm going to get ready to go to bed. But – all of a sudden the safety and then all of a sudden the Jets just got going and then the third the third quarter drive mm-hmm. um, those that was the best drive I've seen from Zach Wilson ever those throws that he was hitting with the tight ends he was putting them right to where they can make it and if Zach Wilson performs like that this weekend it is a good test for him this weekend it's a very good team not a very good defense he's playing. A defense that, that, that look at the stats. It's been yeah. very bad. So this is a great situation for Zach to build on what happened yesterday, take it into this weekend against Denver, and then maybe he can start just being momentum and taking the momentum. And once you take momentum, maybe you start becoming good. He isn't going to be the number two overall pick that he was supposed to be. But- Griff, I, I agree with you. And, and look, here's the thing. And I thank you for the call as always, my friend. You get back to us. If he goes out there and plays a good football game again, maybe not to the extent that you even saw last night, but if he goes out there and plays mistake-free football, the hell what? You know what? Even if he makes a mistake here or there, but gets his team into the end zone a couple of times, proves that he's the best quarterback on that field, right? And they get that win next week, coming off of two really good games, that place is going to be nuts a week from Sunday when they come back home to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Because you know that there's going to be Eagles fans in that building. They travel well. It's not that far up the turnpike. With a chance to get back to 500, to get to 3-3, three and three, which was what the goal was when the schedule came out, right? Even with Aaron Rodgers, you said break even at 3-3 three and three, those first six games going into the bye, and then the schedule softens up for you a little bit. If they could get that game next week, that is going to be a madhouse. A 425K. It's probably going to be, wait, is that a, I don't know, is it Fox or is it CBS? I got to check. But either way, you know, they're, they're probably going to have, like, the number one announced team at that game, whoever it is. If it's CBS, it's going to be Nansen Romo. Let me check that out if it's uh, uh, week six. It is... Fox, so it might be Burkhart and Olsen. KB coming back home to Jersey, and Greg Olsen for that matter. He's a Jersey guy as well. You probably get Burkhart and Olsen for that game. Eagles, Jets, the Zach Wilson Renaissance Tour. Love it. Let's get Ira back on here. His phone crapped out the last time he was on with us. Ira, how are you? Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate you taking me back. Yeah. Um, I'm, not sure where I, I'm not sure where I left off. Something about the O-line, I think it was, and the play calling. Yeah, what? what and, yeah, the play calling and the O-line was a big difference, and it's unfortunate. Of course, you know, I wasn't really upset that they lost last night. I mean, yeah, disappointed, but, you know, to see Zach play the way he did, and, you know, I, I want to see him string together three, four games like this, be consistent. 
but if they had only opened up the game and, and let him trust them a little more in the Patriot game, they would have won that game by two scores. So now they go into Denver. You know, you, you and I, we've talked to, to death about it. You know, the goal was 3-3. Three and three. They get that Bronco game. It's going to be very, very uh, out there to get. And you know what? At 3-3, three and three, all you have to do, you reset the, the button, you get a week off, and the most important thing is this line, the way they have set up, God willing, they stay healthy. It seems like they could start getting some games under their belt and just some cohesion and get into a rhythm. And if this offensive line starts to build, then the running game is going to get going and Wilson is going to be more comfortable. We're going to play some meaningful December football games. Ira, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Thanks a lot for the phone call. But, but it all hinges on the quarterback. He's got to continue to build off of the steps that he showed last night in that football game. And I agree with you about the offensive line. I mentioned it earlier. I like this group. I like this group. When Dwayne Brown is healthy, if he's healthy, and ready to come off the short-term IR in a few weeks, whenever that might be, if you're sitting there and having to have a conversation about do we make any changes to the offensive line, it's a good problem to have. That means that this group is clicking, and that's going to give them the best chance to be successful moving forward. Plus, I still don't think that Brees is 100% all the way back yet in terms of, like, working off the rust. Like, even that play yesterday when he broke off the big run to the outside, and when that the, the kind of secondary parted a little bit, I thought he was gone. I really and truly thought it was gone because where I was sitting, he was running, like, straight at us, and I had a nice view of that whole field. I thought that he was going to take it to the house, but he got tripped up. You know, maybe in a few weeks, the more football he plays, the more runs that he breaks off, that he is going to have that explosive game-breaking ability again, like we saw last season before he went down with that injury. 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show. We continue our NFL conversation on this overreaction Monday, 98.7 ESPN. At Dan Gross is where you could get me on Twitter. Giants about 20 minutes or so away from taking on the Seattle Seahawks out at MetLife Stadium. According to a lot of reports, you know, just going through pregame warm-ups, um, some of the giant reporters out there are letting the world know that Cordell Flott is warming up right now as the first-team corner in the slot. So it looks like Trey Hawkins, the rook, could be losing a little bit of playing time here a little bit. And look, that's natural. You know, sometimes you throw too much at one of these kids and he had himself a real good camp and he, you know, deserved getting that spot right when the season began. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the film doesn't lie and that there's opposing teams that are going to try to pick you apart a little bit. And I think that maybe it's a little bit too much for him. And especially when you look at Wink Martindale with how he likes to play. And when you dial up those blitzes as heavy as they do, it leaves those corners out on an island, having to do maybe too much on their own. And that was one of the things that I kind of cautioned about at the beginning of the season, that, yeah, it's great that you have essentially what amounts to three rookies in that secondary, but what do you do when you're asking them and you're putting too much on their plate? So Giants are trying to shake it up a little bit. I think that that's fair, and we'll see if Seattle's going to be able to take advantage of it or not coming up this evening. Let's say hi to Tommy, who is in Connecticut. He wants to talk a little Giant football right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tom, how are you? Daniel, good evening, buddy. Thomas, how the hell are you? So, I mean, I first before I get to the Giants, I just want to say I was really impressed with the Jets last night. Um, even though I'm pretty sure, you know, Angel Hernandez was uh, the head referee on some of those 
plays in the second half. Imagine, can you imagine, like, Tom, imagine if, like, baseball finally says, you know what, Angel, you're not good at your job anymore. We're going to have to let you go. And then he hooks up as an NFL <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I love it. I love it, Dan. I love it. That's great. Uh, but so just go, going into this giant game, you know, I think it's really important for him. Uh, obviously, you know, looking down the road at, you know, future tiebreakers and whatnot. But who do you think uh, offensively on the Giants is going to be, you know, the, the, the one guy you need to step up? I, you know, I'm really hoping to see Jalen Hyatt uh, step up. You know, you answered it. That's the guy. I said it earlier in the show. I want to see him get some looks. You saw how it kind of shifted the momentum of the game against the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. And then in San Francisco, they forgot about him. They forgot about him. I know. I know. And, and, and also, uh, Darren Waller's got it. He's got to show out. He's, he's got to do something. Well, absolutely. Look, he had a couple of drops in that Niners game. I'm not going to kill him too much because you're playing San Francisco. You know that they're an unbelievable team especially on the defensive side of the ball. This defense tonight, this defense tonight that the the, the Giants are going up against, they might even be worse than the Cardinal defense. I'm kind of impressed with the Cardinals. I I, I don't know how you feel, what you've seen, but they're they're not like – they're no pushover. The Cardinals are not as bad as maybe we all were making them out to be at the beginning of the season. No, and but any Pete Carroll coach team is is it's not a pushover. Um, no, definitely not. And look, we know that they could score. We know that they could put points on the board. The receivers are good. Tommy, thanks a lot for the phone call. But like I said, the defense stinks. Defense stinks. Teams have been gashing them through the air, gashing them. Andy Dalton threw for over three hundred and fifty yards last week against them in their building. The Red Rifle. Daniel Jones could have a big day, which means get high and on the field, stretch the field, start airing it out, chunk plays. That's what this offense has to do, and they have to start fast. You know, hopefully in the Giants' 11 days off or whatever they've had since that Thursday night game in San Francisco, that they somehow read in the NFL rulebook that you are allowed to actually score some points in the first half of games because they haven't done that much this year. They haven't. All right, we still got one more hour to play with, and we have a lot to cram in to the final 60 minutes. 800-919-3776. We'll do a little baseball postmortem with the Mets and Yankees seasons done. Mets looking for a new manager. We'll go around the league and recap the week four action. We'll give you a few thoughts on the first-round baseball playoffs as well and maybe even a little Knicks media talk to cap it off. Grasa Show for another 60, 98-70 ESPN.